Becoming a Geek Leader. Welcome to the Becoming a Geek Leader podcast. My name is Tom Cooper. As a geek, I'm on a mission to figure out better ways to lead others at work and at home. Through the Becoming a Geek Leader podcast, I'm sharing what I'm learning so I can help make you more effective at leading people too. Ready? Hey, it's Tom, and I am excited to be uh, doing kind of a hot take for you uh, in today's Becoming a Geek Leader podcast. I was really excited about a presentation I participated in uh, a little earlier today with uh, Dr. Nick Morgan, who is just writing a book called uh, uh, Can You Hear Me? Creating Connection in a Virtual World. And I think the ideas that he shared were so powerful that I just can't wait to get them out the door to you. Um, We're working in a remote world. We're trying to figure out how to make this stuff work. And we don't necessarily have all the pieces that we need. We know there's a bunch of research that's been done on how these kinds of things can work. But we've been thrust into this so immediately. I was uh, shocked that he said prior to this, only 5% of businesses had participated in video conferences. I've been doing video conferences for a long time. I was shocked that the number was so low. But the reality is that business hasn't moved as fast as maybe it should. And I I was on a call just 10 days ago with a group of folks who said, we didn't realize how many paper processes we have, how many things have to be done manually in order to be successful. So we're all adapting, learning, shifting, and we're under stress as we're doing it. I want to just take a few minutes and share a couple of ideas from Dr. Morgan's book because I think they'll be of value to you. One is that uh, we believe we, are, we understand others or we are understood 90% of the time. Our perception is that we are successful in being understood or understanding others the vast majority of the time. But actually, our actual rate of being understood or understanding others is only 50%. That's crazy. I mean, imagine you're sure you heard it correctly. You're sure you understand what happened. But our rate of understanding is astonishingly low. It's only half the time. Also, he said that if you, uh, if you send an email that reads great job or uh, good work, that 60% of the time people will believe what you were doing is being sarcastic. Now, as a guy who does engage in sarcasm, it's risky, and I realize it's risky. But for heaven's sakes, you're going to get yourself in big trouble. He also said that the higher you go in the organization, the shorter your emails become and the more likely you are to be misunderstood by others. Very, very challenging. Um, I don't want to take the time to go through um, all of what he shared in the presentation today, but I do want to share with you just a couple of quick highlights that I think are going to be really valuable to you. Um, He says, we can't afford to ignore the problem. The problem is that we have very low data. When we're in person, we're collecting information about the other person all the time. And what's most important about our communication, and catch this, what's most important about our communication is the person's, our perception of the other person's intent, our perception of the other person's intent. And we have a thousand little ways of assessing that as we're meeting and speaking with people face to face. But when we're not, or when we're, we are, but we're actually um, connecting via video conference, so many of those cues are either muted or they're missing that we end up being in trouble because we have not understood the other person's point of view clearly. And a lack of, that lack of feedback leads to a lack of empathy. 
And boy, that just amplifies the problem. If I'm not feeling what you're feeling, if I don't understand how you're feeling, that's going to get me in trouble. And then we have bad decision-making because we have lack of empathy. And I see this happening. I'm engaged with a number of different clients, and I see their communication struggling because of these kinds of problems. And with the constant set of channels of information, I've got several email accounts I check on a daily basis. I'm doing instant messaging and texting and Slack and Zoom conferences and um, all on and on and on. We're all overwhelmed. And he said, and I love the way he said this, we become a world of skimmers and triagers. And man, can I relate to that, how easy it is to just skim through the message and not really get to the core. Now, I will admit that I do not like emojis. I don't get them. I don't understand them. And there are lots of ways to interpret them that I don't fully understand. And I've, I've discovered, for example, that certain vegetables and fruits can be interpreted in a not-safe-for-work manner. <laughs> That's a challenge. Um, so what do you do? Why would we even talk about emojis? Well, the fact is that we don't understand the emotional message that's being conveyed by the text-based communication. And so what Dr. Morgan recommends is that we make use of some emojis. Um, I'll, I'll post a link on the uh, podcast page uh, to a, an image that shows uh, the emojis for the seven basic human emotions that are universally understood. Um, rather than getting super creative, try to be within this range of them. That was so valuable to me because I often am completely befuddled when I see a string of emojis at the bottom of a message that somebody texted me. And this, I hope, is a help to you as well. Uh, look, I, I get it. I'm old and I probably don't understand, but then most of you probably do. But for those of you who don't get it, this, this is, is out there for you. Um, now, what I thought also was interesting is he said from age one uh, to about age eight, we work really hard at understanding the dynamics of communication with each other. When is it okay to step into the conversation? When do we pull back? We're sending tons and tons of cues and all those things get lost. Even our tone of voice is muted on the phone because the phone is limited in terms of the overall audio bandwidth that it'll transmit. And so we lose out on the human emotion that goes with the communication. So we're trying to figure out how do we communicate well. And this was an interesting one, too. He said that subconsciously, our body keeps track of where our body is. And it does that 24 hours a day, our subconscious, our prior perception, he says. Uh, it's a pre-prior perception. Sorry, I'm just uh, checking my notes here. Pre-prior perception. He says that keeps track of where I'm in space and where you are in space so we don't bump into each other. Also, from a threat perspective, this is fascinating to me. So what he said is that when we're on video conference, we have a clash. The clash is that we're physically close to our cameras, and so we're uncomfortable because the other person is kind of in our personal space. At the same time, often we use a virtual background or something else that would uh, not make clear. Like, let's say we have the, uh, the skyline of a city behind us. It's not clear what scale you are. Are you Godzilla walking through the city? <laughs> or are you a more normal-sized person? And it, because of that disconnect in what you're seeing visually and what's actually happening, you're feeling a tremendous amount of emotional stress by your subconscious, which is trying to make sure you don't get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. So the idea is, rather than employ the virtual background, take advantage of cues that will help you understand. 
the size. And one of the people on the call had a chair behind him in the office. And the, Dr. Morgan said that was an excellent idea because we all have a sense of how big a chair is. And when we see that person with reference to the chair, it helps our brains to dial back a little bit and get a little less stressed out. Fascinating. Really, really fascinating. Um, he also said that um, if we were going to be successful in our communications that are distance communications, we've got to do a few things differently than we might do them in person. And I love these suggestions, and I just can't wait to share them with you, which is why I'm, I'm just grabbing my notes and going through this in a pretty informal way. Um, first, he says, create virtual safe spaces. At the beginning of the calls, it's always like, hey, who just joined? Hey, who just joined? How you doing? Hey, who just joined? And what that happens is, what happens then is we don't really make a connection there. So what Dr. Morgan suggests is we take just a few minutes into the call to pause and go around the table and have that connection, that we really need that. We need to give people that opportunity to make that connection. Uh, second, he says, we need to get a sense for the emotional state of the team. Now, he recommended that we ask people, how you doing, red, yellow, or green, and keep track of that. If somebody says yellow or red, you can make a note to follow up with that person to check in with them to see how they're doing. We typically would get that from facial expression or body language or tone of voice. We're not as likely to get that in a remote connection. Um, third, he said, one thing, I thought this was really interesting, grab your phone and record a 30-second video with an update about how things are going in your life and share that with the team. The, the reason for this is we typically would get that in a water cooler conversation, but we're not getting that. And by getting an opportunity to get that, that little sliver of normalcy into what's happening with others is a way to increase connection and communication. Next, he said, um, use emojis. And this is where those seven emojis will come in uh, for helping us to understand things like uh, surprise or trust or grief or fear getting us more emotionally connected with the other person. I think it's, it's really fascinating. And, and the other thing, I, this was so filled and so rich, I, I, I just wish that I could uh, uh, bring him onto the podcast to share the information he shared because it was so strong. And I would highly encourage you to go to his website, publicwords.com, and uh, check out his book. But uh, one of the things he talked about was how do we get people to turn on their video? Now, this is fascinating to me because I've been on so many calls where people won't turn on their video. And um, what he talked about was if you have multiple tiers of communication, higher fidelity and lower fidelity, um, that can get into some difficulty. And so what he said is we've really got to strive to have one tier of communication, not two. He said it's destructive to the morale of others to not have that uh, that same level of communication. And so we have to deliberately engage, keep track of who's speaking and engage with those people and ask them to participate because we get a cue if they're, if they're muted or if things are, are going south, uh, we might not have any idea. So there's so many terrific things that we can think about. The most important thing is to recognize our goal in communication is to share with somebody else the intent, the emotional intent we have for that connection. Once we've done that well, people can receive our message. And I just want to encourage you to think about how can you begin to be more intentional about communicating emotionally and relationally with those other people. It's not about the facts. We like to think that we are fact-based folks. The reality is 
that we are irrational and emotional. And we have to recognize that if we want to be super successful. I wanted to get this message out to you as quickly as I could. So I I took a moment to record this podcast today because I wanted to make sure that you could hear what I'm hearing. I'm a big fan of believing that we ought to be a river of information, not a reservoir. I don't want to just collect all this stuff. I want to share it with you as I am learning it so that together we can all learn to do a better job of making those kinds of connections to really work well with others. Would love to have you uh, connect more with me on this topic, and I do regularly share ideas um, on on this uh, topic, and I wanted to make sure that you knew about that, and I would encourage you to head over to my website, tomcooper.us slash workfromhome, to make sure that you're included as we send out additional information about how to improve the quality of working from home. This is Tom Cooper. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join me next time for another episode of Becoming a Geek Leader. Join me in my mission of discovering better ways to lead others at work and at home.